Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. I feel like it gets faster every time I say it, and eventually it's going to be like Eminem and like the Rap God song. <laughs> but welcome to the Long Podcast Studio Sessions. We are halfway through the red era at this point. I'm so excited. Um, I'm your host, Dylan Mark Murphy. If you didn't know that, now you do. You learn something new every day. Um, I'm very excited to chat not only about Holy Ground, but chat about Holy Ground with the person that I'm chatting with about Holy Ground. <laughs> um, in short, I am joined with a long podcast studio sessions veteran. Um, it's a very funny coincidence because they were here on the Forever and Always video, and now we're here on Holy Ground and no name dropping or whatever, but you know, Joe Jonas, man, <laughs> a reoccurring theme. Um, but I'm joined today with Abby, who I'm just so excited to chat with. Abby, for those of you who haven't heard Forever and Always, feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Abby. Um, I have been a Taylor Swift fan since she released our song. So back whatever year that was. Mm-hmm. Long time fan here. Um, and currently I think my favorite Taylor Swift album is probably Fearless. I've been getting back into it. It changed a lot. <laughs> Yay, I love that. Yeehaw. Um, <laughs> I'm so excited to chat about this um, and talk a little bit about Holy Ground. Um, and then why it's one of your favorite songs. So we'll start there. Why is Holy Ground one of your favorite Taylor Swift songs? So I think I said this the last time. I am a big fan of Taylor Swift songs that are super upbeat and make me just in a very happy mood, even though Holy Ground is about sad things. <laughs> um, uh, Taylor has a really great knack for making really sad things sound really happy or vice versa. So true. Death by a thousand cuts. <laughs> oh my gosh, seriously. <laughs> or making really happy things sound ridiculously sad. Hmm. But yeah. So that um it just makes me want to get up and dance which is what she says in the song so that's great (laughs) right and sometimes that's all it takes so you know it doesn't need to have like I love when people appreciate the um appreciate the production of a song because I feel like with Taylor Swift sometimes the production goes overlooked because her lyricism and songwriting is just you know superb Mm -hmm. and whatnot um but I think that production and the upbeatness of the song just gets the job done especially with holy ground yeah i'm someone who listens to her specifically like when i'm getting ready in the morning so i want something that's gonna start my day in a really good mood and i will then be like you know ready to take it on right you know you gotta that and holy ground i feel like holy ground and forever and always both kind of do that (laughs) obviously you're not gonna be like listening to like white horse when you're getting ready for (laughs) yeah um there's so many songs that are like that but yeah holy ground is absolutely one that without fail does it for me 100% 100% and uh, holy ground is a masterpiece so I'll die on that hill um so this question I think is a little interesting I've been getting some really interesting responses um because of the way that red is we know that it's a chaotic hot mess um so I'm curious to know do you think that this song makes sense on this album in general uh, and does it have to make sense I think on this album in general, in terms of like the sound of it, it makes complete sense. You see her transition, obviously, from country to pop on this album. She has a little bit of rock and roll influence, you know, Um, and I think this song specifically exemplifies that. It kind of has a similar message to things she talks about in like Fearless and Speak Now, but it has 
more of a rough edge to it and kind of ditching a little bit of her innocence mm-hmm. which we already know from the album right <laughs> but, so yeah i think it makes perfect sense for red and that if it weren't on red you know how she does the thing where she's like i'm gonna save this for a future album i don't think it necessarily would have been on a future album if not for right i feel like lots of the songs on red it's weird because they're they are such a a hot mess track list like listening to it all the way through in order for the first time you're kind of like none of these songs belong next to each other none of them belong in this one timeline but also looking at it it's really hard to pick songs on red and you can't really move them around because they wouldn't really like it wouldn't serve the same purpose um obviously like holy ground being um with uh, the song who it's about i feel like you could kind of tie that into fearless but production wise it's so so red specific yeah i mean again like she puts a roughness into it that we don't really see much in her before she's got a very delicate voice specifically on speak now so i just like that we can see her finally growing up a little bit without with this album and of course she's in her early 20s at the time she's transitioning from a period of you know whimsical thoughts on what love is to more of like what a 20 something year old would experience with love right and when you think about it like with joe in general obviously they're on great terms now (laughs) but it makes sense that she would have this on this album reflecting on it a few years later that it sucked at the time she was angry at him in forever and always but now she's okay with how things happen she's able to appreciate it for what it was right and i really i really love the trilogy of forever and always last kiss and holy ground i think (laughs) that is like the ultimate seven stages of grief without like mm-hmm. having to go through all seven of them. Cause you've got forever and always, which is like, Oh, I'm angry and I hate this. And then last kiss, which is like, okay, this really, really sucks. And it hurts. And then Holy ground is like the acceptance and yeah, blows my mind that mm-hmm. it's so well planned out even across three albums. And Joe Jonas probably feels very special. I mean, Forever and Always, probably not the greatest (laughs) song to feel great about, but like with songs like Last Kiss and Holy Ground, even it's like, yeah, you're not John Mayer, obviously. So yeah, I mean, it was a teenage romance. It Mm -hmm. happens. She's able to understand that like he can grow as a person from his teens, just like she did. And in hindsight, we get the double whammy of Mr. Perfectly Fine. So <laughs> she wrote that at the time. She's like, I didn't hit you with both of them. Right. She was, she, she one. picked one or the other. It was forever and always. I think Mr. Perfectly Fine would have been a little more of an aggressive burn than forever and always yeah. too. So <laughs> she was being very nice to him in that case. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my next question is about track placement, um, sp- more specifically, um, less vaguely about does it fit on the album? So this song being sandwiched, it's that happy upbeat song, like we've said, sandwiched between two of the slowest and saddest songs on this album. Do you think that it fits? Do you think that it makes sense? There's a couple thoughts I have. So first of all, I'm glad she didn't hit us with a string of like three sad songs in a row. I'm glad she, you know, broke it up a little bit. Um, I mean, we already know Red is chaotic. We're not going to be able to change that. Whatever. She made her decision. (laughs) I just, obviously, no, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. 
not really going from sad song ballad of right. the last time and then into holy ground and then back into freaking sad <laughs> does not make sense but again i'm glad that she broke it up a little bit to show a bunch of different angles of what love looks like okay. you know you have the last time where you're begging for them to give you what you're wanting and then they're also talking back like i didn't know but then you have this view of love which is yeah bad things happened in the past but i'm glad that they happened the way they did and at the time it was still a really good thing and i'm i have a happy memory from it and then into brutal <laughs> sad beautiful tragic it's very just, dramatic it is but again i'm really glad she broke it up and showed us all the angles of what an experience of love looks like rather than just one right right and you're getting you're getting like you said so many different angles and also i think if you had put all those sad ballads in a row together because what you could 100 do and i think i mentioned it in a later episode too is you could very easily put all the sad ballads in a row together then put like begin again somewhere in the middle and then put all your happy upbeat aggressive songs right after that and it's mm-hmm. like a oh it just I feel like I'd get bored if I listened yeah. to seven ballads in a row especially if it was the last time and then the sad beautiful mm-hmm. tragic I'd be like mm, I'm depressed thank you Taylor Swift yeah exactly and like we talked about on the forever and always podcast we talked about fearless being like very progression album like from all of the sad things to the anger to accepting it and then ending up with change. Right. As with this one, the real progression doesn't really happen until just a smack in the face of begin again. Yeah. <laughs> Which perfect album closer, by the way. 100%. Um, I just like that you have the chaos and then at the very end, you have like the very peaceful moment of it. And- right. And I had made a comment on the beginning again episode, which is spoiler alert, I guess you can skip over this part if you don't want to hear it. Um, but the recording all these things out of order makes like the epiphany a lot wilder. Cause what I've noticed is that if you were to listen to like standard red on repeat and have it go straight from begin again into state of grace, the whole concept of like love being just an infinite loop. And you're kind of like going to experience all of those things no matter who you're with, it's like to say, like, I watched it begin again and then state of grace and just go right through the tracks all again. It works as like this yeah. time loop. Exactly. It's kind of cyclical the way she puts that. Yeah. And I think state of grace yeah. is obvious. Like it's a great op- album opener, especially for Brad. <laughs> yeah. Um, that works great. Uh, <laughs> <love> that. <laughs> I'm just going to inflate Taylor Swift's ego for 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> inflates her own ego it's fine fine. um so this one I feel like we answered it a little bit but for the sake of the question do you think that this song would work well maybe if we changed the the production a little bit do you think that it would work well on any other album I think because it has the pop influence I think it could with some changes work on 1989 but that was such a pivotal album in her career that had a completely different sound that I genuinely think that because Red is such a transitional album that it is her growing up and changing genres, mm-hmm. um, switching between things that she's been used to. I really just don't think it works on other albums. <laughs> it has very similar messages 
to things that she sings about in Fearless and in the debut even and Speak Now. But in terms of it as a whole with its sound, it really only fits with. And that's what I was saying earlier that like, she does this thing where she writes songs and she's like, I want to save this for the next album maybe. And then they forget, they get forgotten about. Right. I feel like it would have had to have been a vault track at some point because I just don't think it would have fit any other future albums that she has. Totally. And I I 100% agree with you. I think that lots of the songs on Red, even if they sound mismatched, they're also specific to Red in some way. And specifically like, the genre shift because you can hear and obviously like in some of the songs like we're never ever getting back together has a little tiny bit of country twang in it but most of it is like bubblegum pop and that's just exactly that's just how it goes and then you've got like like something I noticed of state state of grace and holy ground they sound very similar in the rock kind of element with the rocky pop so I think I think it's perfect where it is and I agree with you because it's just Mm -hmm even though it doesn't sound like it's in place because it's next to the last time and sad, beautiful. Yeah. It still <laughs> makes sense. And it's very red specific. Which again, like we can appreciate the fact that it is chaotic and she was going through this transitional phase in life. So it kind of reflects what she was going through in her life. Um, even though obviously again, it does not make sense. Basement <laughs> of all of these, when you go from 22 to whatever else, it's a lot. Yeah. Delete. <laughs> definitely she's got, it definitely just reflects what she's was doing in her life at the time perfectly and I think that's that I, obviously that's her most intimate quality as a singer songwriter is reflecting her life into her own work and then putting it out for the world to see which is always a dangerous thing to do and I no one's got it worse than Taylor Swift when it comes to that because people are yeah. gonna like the national lightning rod for everything that is wrong in the world just drag taylor swift for it find a way to so mm-hmm. i think that's i agree i back to the, the the question which was does it work well on the album but i agree with you um getting back into your interpretation of the song and what you enjoy the most since you use it to get ready in the day um what is your favorite part of this song and that can be the lyric can be an instrument whatever it may be okay so Obviously, Taylor knows how to write a bridge um, quite well, but I feel like Holy Ground, obviously Holy Ground as a song is overlooked, underrated entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bridge in this song is incredible. Yeah. I will never get over it. She goes from all of this stuff to like, tonight I'm going to dance for everything that we've been through. I am obsessed with that. So true. It just hypes you up and it just makes you feel good. But then the other part is, I've been like rethinking over like took off faster than a green might go. Mm. She understands that this teenage love of hers took off really, really quickly. And that they jumped into this without much thought into it. And then it fizzled out really quickly as well. Unfortunately, thanks Joe. But (laughs) again, I just feel like it really exemplifies teenage love and being okay with how everything went. Yeah. And I think think that's what's so magnificent about the bridge specifically is you've got all this reminiscing going on in the first two parts and the bridge just obviously Taylor Swift is an architect and builds the best bridges possible um but I feel like she does such a good job at wrapping up like the entire concept of the song in the bridge alone Mm -hmm. like you said with even the line that's just I'm gonna dance for everything that we've been through it's like 
let it go. And it works so well with like the fall. We, they're all the concepts of like who 1989 is about, what each song is about. But something that I think is so funny, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with this, but that lyric specifically. And then in 1989, when she's got like the secret messages and Shake It Off is she danced to forget him. And it's mm-hmm. just, there's, I, ugh, I just can't with this woman. I just don't, I can't process everything. It's just, yeah. she's so great with her parallels. And I don't know yeah. how. And then I'm glad that you mentioned that because jumping the gun a little bit, but in Welcome to New York, love that song. I don't know why, but it's super underrated as an album. <laughs> and I love it. Um, when she's like, when we first strapped our bags on apartment floors, took our broken hearts, um, put them in a drawer. And that says something about like, we all used to be somebody else before. Right. Um, I just feel like this wraps that up so perfectly and then leads into Welcome to New York where she's like, we all used to be other people before this. We all used to have pasts, right. okay with it and not letting it get in the way of our futures. So it just kind of wraps it up with a little bow on it. <laughs> 100%. And I think uh, like it's things like that and the bridge that specifically make me think if we didn't have Begin Again, I think that Holy Ground would be the second best possible closer for this album. But Begin Again is quite literally one of her best album closers ever. Incredible. <laughs> she really did exactly what she needed to do with that bridge because that song in general because me too taylor swift i feel that very deeply <laughs> yeah um okay so obviously we've gushed about it and we've talked about how much you love it so i'm curious on a scale from one to 13 what would you rate this song oh 13 out of 13 um everyone yeah. always will always be at least minimum top four obviously my ranking changes all the time um but yeah, it just puts me in the best mood no matter how often I listen to it. Same with Forever and Always. They're just it for me. That's perfect. I think you should have a conversation with Joe Jonas. Send him a message. <laughs> like, honestly, yeah, it sucked what he did to her, but it gave us some great songs and they're friends now. So it's yeah, fine. It's chill. They're chilling. Um, and have you seen the videos recently? More people are talking about him being at shows um, from Speak Now. They're all over the place right now. I don't know why. I, well, I haven't seen anything, but that's interesting. So funny. Yeah. Um, he was at a bunch of, maybe not a bunch, but a couple of shows on the Speak Now tour. And I just love that. So supportive. <laughs> Directly at him as she's singing Last Kiss, which I never knew about. And I'm so yeah. amazed. That's like, they're funny. fine. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, they're chilling. I think that's something you can totally look back and laugh at. And I mean, I think Sophie Turner is also looking back and laughing at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those were all of my questions regarding Holy Ground as a whole. Is there anything else you would like to share, say, in the name of Red? I think the only part I meant to mention was that just I love, again, how she turns such melancholy songs into such upbeat anthems. And it's so funny to me because you're expecting one thing from it and then you're actually listening to lyrics and you get heartbroken <laughs> all over again. Like, I think... The most interesting thing about this is it's like, yeah, Death by a Thousand Cuts has a very similar vibe with how upbeat and fast paced it is. But like the beginning of this song, the instrumental is so, it's so upbeat. Like with Death by a Thousand Cuts, you're getting like that echo of like my, my, my over and over again. Mm -hmm. You're really not sure what you're getting into. But Holy Ground has like this whole facade of this is going to be the best, most upbeat, happy song you have ever heard in your entire life. And then it's not. 
literally <laughs> zero warning either. Like the lyrics start instantly. Like you are smacked in the face right as it starts. Yeah. So. <laughs> Go off Taylor Swift. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> okay. So my last portion of this is a round of Taylor Swift rapid fire. Um, uh, <laughs> I'll give you two Taylor Swift songs and you just tell me which one you like more. Cool. Awesome. And we are doing, this is track 11. So um, all of these songs are track 11, except for the last one, because there's only nine albums and 10, I needed 10 songs. <laughs> okay. So oh, round man, one. I'm going to forget about Evermore again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, round one is our song or Forever and Always. I hate this forever and always. <laughs> You're right. I, I thought that was so funny going through and finding you out that, that was also that question. track 11. <laughs> um, um, this one, I guess, is also kind of a giveaway, but um, Innocent or Holy Ground? Holy Ground. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, this Love or Dancing with Our Hands Tied? Dancing with Our Hands Tied. Ooh, that's a little um, interesting. Okay. Um, I respect it though. I respect Dancing with Our Hands Tied, the original version or Dancing with Our Hands Tied, like the live version? Oh gosh, it has to be the live. I yeah. love it so much. There was a right answer there and that was the right there answer. Was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, the Cornelia Street live. Like, come on. It literally is so true. It's everything. I, 100%. Um, London Boy or Invisible String? Invisible String. I love it. It gets yeah. So much that's that's such a cute love song in the middle of folklore's like depression but invisible like, right there the whole like bad was the blood like as soon as i first heard that it killed me and bad blood is like one of my also like favorite songs <laughs> <laughs> it I, just gets me so much the references to her previous albums it's great She's just so sweet. And I, it's just such a happy, fun song. And it's just, no. it's just so cute. It just shows in the middle of folklore that not everything is sad. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> like fate works. <laughs> um, my very last round is, um, this one's a little drastic and they're very, very different, but you've got <laughs> Cowboy Like Me or Willow, the Dancing Witch remix. I really appreciated Cowboy Like Me recently. I gotta say. Oh my gosh. Not oh. what you would have expected from me. I know. Over Willow, the Dancing Witch remix. I know. It's incredible. But like at first, when I first heard Cowboy Like Me, I didn't really like it all that much compared to the rest of Evermore. I just liked a lot of the songs better. But God, now I just have such a more like appreciation for it. <laughs> totally. From what I've heard, it's a, it's definitely a grower, but I haven't listened to it since it came out. And yeah. I am scared that if I listen to it, I'll like it. And then people will be like, mm, I told you so. <laughs> so. Well, to be fair. <laughs> I, I just don't. <laughs> I'm scared. I don't want them to be like, you knew it. We knew it was a great song. And I'll just be like, mm, okay, you're right. Well, as a content creator, people are going to criticize you no matter what. It's I'm, just like. I'm not innocent there. I've said the same thing on your video. Oh my gosh. Drag me through the mud as you should. Oh, you're nice. Your opinions are super valid and I respect <laughs> it. Oh, I guess. Um, no, Cowboy Like Me is great. I love Cowboy Like Me. It's my favorite song on Evermore. Uh-huh, sure. 
long story short is my least favorite song. I hate that one. Doesn't make any sense. Um, oh yeah, nobody could have guessed that. No, Willow Dancing Witch no. Remix, number two though. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that was all of my questions and my Taylor Swift rapid fire. Um, anything else you would like to share during this this time? No, I just want to thank you again for having me back. I really enjoyed these both. No, you were, you're so sweet. And I'm thankful that you wanted to come back. I mean, like it's been what, like four or five months since we recorded. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. (laughs) I was like getting to like down the list of selecting people. And I was like, okay, Abby's name is still here. I'm going to message her and hope that she doesn't hate me or that she hasn't like (laughs) disappeared or anything. (laughs) No, I would never. Awesome. So I'm really glad that I got you to come back for that. It's like that moment in like the TV show where the person from like five seasons ago comes back for like a guest appearance. So yeah. Have you watched New Girl? It's entirely just Waylon Brady. That's it. Um, But thank you so much. Obviously, I really appreciate it. Um, And to be so consistent and actually want to come back and do it. I do really appreciate that. Appreciate that 100%. Um, and thank you everyone who listened and chatted or chat. You didn't chat, uh, maybe you did. I don't know if you're talking to yourself in the car, go you, me too. Um, have a thank you so much for listening and um, spending time with us because obviously you never have to. So, um, I'll be back in two to three days when we talk about sad, beautiful, tragic, which is very different from this episode. Um, So we'll see what happens then. Have a good rest of your day, night, morning, evening, afternoon. Stay safe, drink water, wash your hands. Adios.